Hi, this is Elizabeth from Rochester, New York, and you're listening to Girls Gone Wad Podcast with Joy and Claire. You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire with colds. Welcome to episode 171. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible, horrible colds. Welcome to the podcast this week. We have Shelly Eddington, Masters 2016 Masters winner. We cannot wait to talk to you because we have a lot of questions. We were just talking about... How Claire was like, Joy, Shelly, we really just have an ulterior motive to have you on the podcast to convince Joy to compete in Masters. And I'm like, yeah, because it's just so easy. Like, next year I could just do it. <laughs> like, no, Joy, yeah. you have, like, a, like, so Joy's 39 now. So she'll turn 40 next September. So you have over a year to, like, get your muscle up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah. I know I, it's just not that easy. So Shelly, welcome to the show. So start how you started athletics and then how that evolved into CrossFit. You're kind of, we call this your CrossFit testimonial. Going way, way, way back when I was three, my parents put me into acrobatics and dance. And I did That's that for a number of years. Um, they needed to channel my energy creatively because <laughs> I was very energetic and they were very nice to put me in that and I, I loved it and I was constantly asking when can I go again when can I go again and finally um, the Rettons lived in Fairmont West Virginia where I'm from and they opened a gym called Aerial Port and I started going there when I was like 12 as in Mary Lou yeah we were on the same team that's, and, um, that's, that's a huge deal that is a huge deal because at the time you don't realize it how awesome these gymnasts that you're surrounded by are and um, you know you're just doing your little thing but it really helped me in my work ethic and in being able to push and being around those competitors. And when I say those, it was Mary Lou Retton. It was Sherry Retton. They're both amazing gymnasts. And um, obviously Mary Lou went on to do amazing in the Olympics. I did that for from like age 12 to 18. And then when I went to college, I just was done. I It kind of was that era where um, Nadia Comaneci was coming into the scene and doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, that's just terrifying to me I just was at an age where it was just um I knew there was a real danger and possibility of it was just terrifying so I thought you know I'm just gonna stop now while I'm okay and I still can tumble and have fun and I cheered in college and it was a lot of fun and just was something fun to do and then I got married and had babies and when I was developing my career I kind of looked at everything I loved and parlayed that into a career um tumbling for kids uh which we take gymnastics um, on a preschool level into daycares and preschools because I really I worked in preschool when my kids were younger and there was no physical activity whatsoever and I wanted to encourage that and so about 10 years into the business I began to have shoulder issues and knee issues and thought gosh, if I don't do something, I'm not going to be able to coach when I'm 50 years old. I'll have to retire and I'll have to hire instructors to do it for me. And it was about that time where I heard about CrossFit Kids and I'm like, hey, that's a competitor. And someone connected me with the owner of the gym, Mitch Potiff. So he said, hey, I'll come to one of your classes if you come to one of mine. So he brought his daughter and he was really intrigued with the concept of what I do. And so I went to his gym and was like, whoa, this is really different. (laughs) There was no machines. You know, I've been going to Globo gyms and you know with all the ellipticals and all the equipment that I never knew what to do with any of it and um, so I go in there and I'm like okay I see pull-up bars I see some squat racks and barbells some dumbbells this looks interesting interesting and then a lot of open floor it just kind of had the same attitude that my gym that I grew up in had very bare bones let's just get to work type of gym and so I did my first class and was just completely humbled and laying on the ground I couldn't do a pull-up or a push-up it was I was extremely weak and just very shocked at how much skill I had lost and you know and even though I've been going to a globo gym and doing the things there it just didn't prepare me for a basic it wasn't even a CrossFit workout it was heavily modified I don't even remember what it was I just remember it was horrible and it took me like hours to recover and I never wanted to go back (laughs) and I got really angry with myself and I was like you're scared so I'm gonna you're gonna go back because you're scared because at that point I just really had to do something I had to make a change. Were the injuries uh, from gymnastics and doing all that heavy 
training? No, no. it was injury. It was injuries from not really working out okay. and not really moving. And in the Globo Gym world, you know, they're not. You're not really using your shoulders, really. You're not really using your knees. And when I'm teaching gymnastics and I'm flipping kids around, I need full range of motion. And right. I didn't realize that that wasn't happening by using the cables and by using all the other stuff. And I finally started working with a trainer before I left the Globo Gym. And she didn't use any of the equipment in there. And I was like going, okay, something's going on here. And, you know, she taught me how to foam roll. And I got a little more education. I just, I still, I couldn't squat. I couldn't squat below parallel. And even on the fitness assessment, she said I was amazing, but, you know, I wasn't. It's, it's just a completely different world. And, I mean, if you're in the global world, that's fine. I'm glad you're moving. But it yeah. just does not prepare you for CrossFit. And I'll, ha- I'll hear people say, well, I need to get in shape before I do CrossFit. I'm like, you really can't. You have yeah. to just go and suffer and, you know, and then it just gets, it just continues to progress. I always love, you know, when people are like, oh, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. I'm like, in CrossFit, you like, it never gets easier, actually. Yeah. Like you, right. as you get better, it just gets harder. You know, and you just have to kind of savor any PR or accomplishment. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, I did it. And I'm going to enjoy this moment before I worry about doing heavier weight or, or stringing more muscle ups together. Let me just enjoy the one muscle up I got, you know. Right. So it's always like, now I need to do two or now I need to do more. So I, we really emphasize that at our gym, just enjoying the moment, savor it, you know, because it won't be long before you're like, okay, uh, what's next, you know. And that's what I love about CrossFit. I love that about CrossFit and just watching the sport evolve and grow and all the many facets of it it's just amazing I'm just so thrilled that I'm a part of it and that I went back that I wasn't scared or that I would that I was scared but I made myself go back because it was really a that was a turning point in my life how many years ago was that that you did that first that was August of 2010 okay so I all over six years ago and how old were you at that point I was 45 but I turned 46 like in October because I'm going to be 52 in a few days and so yeah so I was almost 46 and um and so how many years had it been in between like when you I guess you cheered in college but other than going to the globo gym had you done any other physical activity in your adult life like where I ran and actually got winded it had been (laughs) so I mean that was like the big shock when they said to run a 400 I'm like what how far? I gotta go around the block and I gotta stop. I can't stop. I can't walk. I'm like, well, that's not gonna happen. So I was like, when they couldn't see me, like when I'd go around the building and they couldn't see me, I'd walk. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm dying now. And so just being able to run a 400 without stopping was like a huge deal to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm awesome. Well, so that's I, incredible that you're able to come that far in six years. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, that's a huge shift to going from being so competitive when you're younger. And then all of a sudden having this gap of not really being athletic and then all of a sudden winning the CrossFit Games and the Masters Division. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, that's why one reason I'm really, you know, encouraging you to do the Open in the 39, you know, and just when you do the 39-year-old this year, compare yourself to the statistics in the 40 to 44. And and definitely, I'm assuming you would do the Open regardless. You know, it's it's really no different uh, when you're in the Masters, you'll just be in a different leaderboard, you know. Right. because when I did my first, I literally had been doing CrossFit, you know, like in August, I really was, I was kind of playing around, went like once or twice, and then we went on vacation, and then I came back and got serious in September, um, going three days a week, and then I found out like in October, I, I could go, I could come as much as I wanted, <laughs> because I was like, well, maybe, I think my membership only covers three days, they're like, oh no, it's you can come as much as you want, <laughs> so I was like, oh great, so I bumped it up to four, and then I bumped it up to five, in January, or some at some point where my coach said, Mitch looked at me and he said how old are you and I said 46 and he goes you're competing and I'm like and what because I really wasn't paying attention I'd come in do the workout and you know how it is when you're only there for an hour a few times a week and I just was treating it like a regular exercise class it was in one ear out the other I didn't know I was doing Olympic lifting I had no <laughs> idea that I was not paying attention to any terms and so I'm like well you guys are going to have to demo everything for me because I have no idea what I'm doing and they're like well you better start paying attention and I'm like okay and then they, they explain that they count the reps just like they do in the workouts and because you know I, had, I really you know when I competed in gymnastics we did a routine and there were standards and there were you know things that you could be deducted for so it was very different you know when I looked at CrossFit but just to have the the privilege at my old age I thought I'm like I'm just so honored that they're 
allowing me to compete, you know, and I wanted to take advantage of that. So I did my first open and after five months of CrossFit, I placed 70th in the world and my coaches were like, that's really good. And I'm like, what? And so that was kind of at that point when I realized maybe I should take this a little seriously and, you know, just see where it could go. I started going to Olympic lifting. We have a, we've always had an Olympic lifting coach at our gym, which is so awesome and such a wonderful uh, resource and asset because everything in Olympic lifting, lifting transfers to CrossFit. So I started focusing on that very heavily, like three days a week for six hours a week and kind of cutting back on the CrossFit, but still did some Metcons and things like that. And then when the 2012 came along, I was really hoping I could make it to the games and I missed it by like 10 burpees on that crazy seven minutes of burpees because I had like a whole thing going on. I had like a chest cold. Uh, So that's like my great fear. I have to say my most anxiety happens during the open because it's so long and there's just that it's that time of year when everything changes like in the weather and I'm like so afraid I'm going to get sick and I'm like staying away. I don't teach during that time. I don't work with the children. I try, I, honestly, because I just don't want to get sick during yeah, the open because it's be so detrimental. You know, yeah. you throw one week and it can be, This yeah. past year, um, the gym that we go to, the owner, Jason, competed in, in Masters and I think, I believe it was the 40 to 44 and he was in like the top 50 going into the last workout and then he had, he got the flu and he lost seven pounds in one week from having the flu and then he had to do that and then he had to do 16.5 slash 14.5 which is like, oh, that was horrible my worst nightmare is that workout yeah. it was like what yeah, <laughs> yeah when you think yeah. about it with that much on the line for <sighs> that was really that long you know, of a time yeah that that's tough and that's you know I, i've got the one thing that i really make sure is i really dial in my vitamins and my supplements all year round the vitamin d3 boosting the immune system taking the multivitamin the fish oil all of that it just it really helps tremendously to um keep your immune system up yeah i'd have to say that that is it's the most stressful the open because in the qualifiers like in one weekend and then the games are like in three days so it's it's great i think it's just like the the drama of the open you know that oh my gosh people lose their minds we talk about this every year like people just go berserk during the open (laughs) and shelly you hadn't done any competitions local competitions or anything like that you just went straight for the open yeah I mean, I honestly had no idea what I was doing in the way of like any kind of strategy. I mean, my coaches did or I, you know, I just really learned at that point early on to let my coach drive the train and to trust him implicitly. And I really didn't work too much with my head coach, Mitch, um, until probably 2013, 2012. And so he kind of scared me. So I, you know, letting him do it, I was not only, I was kind of intimidated by him, but I learned a lot from him and grew to really respect him, you know, and his knowledge and his ability to handle an athlete. He did an amazing job and still doing an amazing job. I tell people that he knows me better than I know myself. And that really helps when you're going into um, the open to have a coach that understands your goals and knows that you're taking this seriously and has seen you working hard. And you can't start by taking the open seriously. You have to take the open seriously like a year before. That's why Claire and I are telling you now is the time of preparing for 2018. I get annoyed with that too when people like are like, oh, I'm so nervous about the open. I look at them and I'm like, what? You've been coming, you know what I mean, three days a week and you don't do any Olympic lifting and you're worried about the open i'm like Like, why are you gonna be fun just have fun (laughs) you know you had what i feel like is a perfect storm where you were doing very well and you had a coach that came up to you and approached you and said we're competing i feel there's and I'm, i'm sure i'm not alone but i feel like i have the potential i know i'm a good crossfitter but i don't know where to start as far as like I don't know how to get a coach. I don't know how to start working on things. I don't, I don't know. It's like there's, there, that's a barrier for me as I feel really self-conscious, even just putting that out there because I don't know where to start. Well, I can help you with that. <laughs> I, um, I'm launching a new website coming up. It's, well, it's updating ShellyEddington.com and I am doing master's programming with my coach, Mitch Potiff. Well, perfect. 
Yes, and it, it would be perfect, and I would love to work with you and help you through this journey and just kind of see where we can go with it, you know, and you any opportunity that you can compete in your gym, I highly recommend that doing CrossFit. I only do like one local comp, and it's one that my, my coach isn't real crazy about me doing, but he, he really likes the gym, and he likes the coach who puts it on. He knows he puts on a good competition. He doesn't understand why I do it. <laughs> He's like, you just need to focus on the open, the qualifier, and the games, and that's pretty much, you know, but it's fun to do things within the community. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of like the whole point. Yeah, and I do it with a team, you know, so it's not like I'm going individual and kicking everybody's butt or, you know, being, hey, look at me. It's like, no, you know, we we work together as a team and, you know, it's people from my gym and we just have fun. Yeah, we have a comp we do like that every year that's really similar. It's like all women, three people, three person teams, costume contest. But it's still just fun to like get out there and You know, you see yourself, your placings in the open and let's say you're really far down, but you still have those dreams of going. It's like, how do you, I guess that's probably the whole coaching piece is like, how do you make those jumps to get up to the top? You have to, yeah, you have to look at your life and reprioritize it. And 2013, when I qualified for the games, I was eighth in the world in the open. And then, and I was totally paleo. I was really teaching a lot with Tumblr for kids, like morning and evening. And then I would get my CrossFit workouts in the afternoon. We were following a very aggressive programming format from another coach uh, that my coach has. We still have a lot of inner respect for this gentleman that we got our programming from, but it was just, it was still where they didn't know what masters could and couldn't do and how hard to push us and what would break us. And when I got to the games, like maybe three weeks before, we discovered that I pretty much didn't have any glycogen or fat reserves. I was very low. I was zoning out during my two-a-days, which were basically I was doing two-a-days in a three-hour block from like one o'clock to four, and then I'd go and I'd teach gymnastics, and it was just uh, too much. And, yeah, you know, I went to the games, and then- I ended up facing 19th. I didn't get hurt or injured, but I just think we learned a lot from that year. Um, it was a hard year, trial and error, but we learned what I needed to do to become a better master's athlete and how I had to rearrange my life and reprioritize my training and my career. So what I did with Tumblr for Kids was I, since I teach everything in sessions and I have teachers working for me, I hired another teacher who's been amazing and I've backed myself out of a lot of coaching. I just do a lot of the administration and I do all the programming. Then I was able to open up myself to be able to do morning workouts and afternoon workouts once it gets to be around like after the qualifier because that's when May and June are the toughest months um, leading up to the games because you just really have to put in a lot of volume you've got to be ready for anything and it's like I think in 2013 there were times I was like crying 2013 was just a builder year it was like you know building this body, building this foundation. How can you physically prepare for three, really four straight days of going as hard as you possibly can? Um, Well, what does your body feel like on that fourth, on that final day? What I do is I do three days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. I don't go four days straight ever. And the third day is always kind of like bittersweet because I'm like, okay, I get a rest day tomorrow, but I just got to get through this. And we do like... We've learned that short and sweet works really well for me, like 10, 15 minute increments, take a little rest, like 10, 15 minute break, get back into another 10, 15 minute increment from training. And I start early in the morning, I'll get up and I hop on the Airdyne and I do a 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute interval training, go eat, you know, rest, or maybe I'll do some, you know, I also do some personal training and uh, fitness training um, for a company called Cover My Med. So that's another way that I've kind of working smarter, not harder. I'm not flipping kids around all the time now. Anyway, so we just kind of break it up. And we found that, you know, if I can do a a session early in the morning, and then a session mid morning, and then a session afternoon or early evening, my body recovers a lot better as opposed to putting all that together in one block from like, one o'clock to four o'clock plus i'm no longer paleo mm. that was a huge learning curve that, i heard you um, talk about that on the old soul podcast can you share that journey yeah um and it was great for me i mean i started paleo about the time i did crossfit i started investigating it i started in 2010 just kind of checking it out 2011 i'd say in january 2011 is when we went hardcore because they had like a challenge like right before the open and i went from when i started crossfit i weighed 145 pounds and i got down to probably about 
out in 2012, probably around, probably about a year later, you know, by August of 2012, I was at 117. So I really lost a lot of weight and my coaches were very concerned at the amount of weight I'd lost. I mean, they never like came out and said, hey, you're getting too thin or I'm kind of concerned. They just would say, hey, you need to go eat like an entire pineapple or you need to go eat like a whole fish. You know, they were little things like that. And then one day I put like a 55 pound barbell over my head and kind of got woozy. And my coach looked at me and he's like, you need to eat more. Like, I'm not joking. This is you're losing strength now. And and I think they realize a good coach realizes that's what's going to happen. The athlete's going to figure it out. Because I, you know, it's kind of hard when you come from that world of one wanting to be skinny and that's your whole goal like you like I can remember like starving myself practically in high school and in college so I wouldn't go over a hundred and you know ten pounds and I got used to that yeah then I go and I'm like oh my gosh I'm at the biggest I've ever been since I'm not pregnant so I go and I get down to this 117 which I thought was my ideal weight but it wasn't if I was going to compete in CrossFit far from it and so um you know, I started eating more carbs, more, you know, still staying on the paleo diet and just eating more like volume of food. And um, then, like I said, around 2013, after I qualified uh, and we increased my workouts, I was probably close to, you know, maybe adrenal fatigue. Um, I don't know. It was just was, uh, you know, once I added the carbs back in, um, there was a, a few weeks of like not feeling quite 100 percent because I had developed a gluten intolerance and a dairy intolerance which I still have the dairy intolerance I don't really eat dairy at all but I've definitely found out why God made gluten and um you know <laughs> it's just honestly you can't like you know that like, happens that happens to a lot of recovering paleo people <laughs> yes and I mean I don't eat gluten too much I just I will have like one or two pieces of gluten a week just so I have those enzymes in my body to break it down and I can enjoy Thanksgiving dinner and I can enjoy Christmas without like feeling like I'm going to hurl and you know pretty much rice bread or oatmeal that's my go-to for my carbs because it's just it's mm-hmm. so much easier it's just yeah so much easier rather than eating than like 10 cups of spinach yeah. right rather than having to literally eat a whole pineapple yeah exactly and, and <laughs> yeah. so I just I'm like this is better for me I don't I'm I'm kind of ADHD so I don't want to sit there I don't want to sit there for like an hour and eat I just want to eat and be done like I haven't even had yeah. dinner yet my husband just peeked his head out I'm sitting out in the garage in my car and he's <laughs> like are you okay and, um, <laughs> you know and he's probably wondering she probably needs to eat you know? gonna be in like a coma like a blood sugar coma <laughs> yeah that can happen so, uh, uh, so I don't know I probably wandered off the path on there somewhere but no, you know. that's great <laughs> I think that's so important yeah I think that's so important especially for people to really understand too as you become more advanced and you're you know at the competitive level tuning in those small things are huge and listening oh, to your body yeah. with diet is huge and so I, I think people underestimate yeah. how much that impacts your performance especially as you become an elite athlete it's imperative and I you know if I had wanted to stay thin and strong and just kind of there like on one day I will probably want to go back to that when I'm not competing anymore I want to go back down to a smaller body and you know or whatever happens you know I'm going to eat healthy and and exercise but I'm not going to be fixated on my body like I was Um, but if if that's what happens if I'm down around 117 120 I'm just not going to lift as much weight I'm not going to you know what I mean it's um I just I decided that I wanted to be a competitive CrossFit athlete and so you there's many adjustments that you have to make in your life to become that and it doesn't happen overnight but the diet is important if you're trying to build muscle you have to eat protein and you know and you if you don't want a lot of fat on your body you can't eat a lot of sugar and you know and you just got to understand the carbs turn into sugar <laughs> and so I pick my sugars very carefully because <laughs> I enjoy having a Starbucks every day so that's important <laughs> don't we all can I ask how old are your kids um 29 27 and 25 oh so they're doing their own thing yeah, they're gone. And I'm I mean, you're thinking like, how are you doing this, all this with kids in the house? <laughs> and yeah. And then I have like the only my mother-in-law does live with us and she's 79. And okay. it's kind of like having a 12 year old or 10 year old at the house um, at this point. And I know over time that, you know, that might get harder and I may need to back out of competition mode to take care of her or my mom. And it's just, you know, the cycle of life and um, priorities. And, uh, but right now at this point, I'm pretty free to come and go and plan my life. I mean, I could not 
do this with children and working out when I had kids was that was one of the reasons why I was at a Globo gym they had amazing um, we were at a gym that has an amazing children's area where they had computers they had all kinds of workout stuff they could do and they had you know supervision and I know I, I have a I have a one year old and I'm sitting here thinking like will you come to my house and flip my kid around so that I can go to the gym? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and what's really sad is one time I tried that at one of my parks and recs. I had my classes because I had a lot of parents telling me that, and I, so I went ahead and I hired like a fitness instructor to come in and teach a fitness class while I'm teaching Tumble for Kids, and not one parent signed up for that fitness class. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh! I would. I was like in a heartbeat. You tell me I inspire you, but so it's, you know, you crossing that abyss is is the huge part and motivating people to get up off the folding chair and let little, you know, Sydney do her gymnastics while you go in and take a yoga class or some sort of fitness class. It just, you know, really showed me kind of where people are at. And now that I'm doing uh, fitness and personal training, trying to motivate people who have never been physically active in their life. It's really different, and, and that fear factor is really huge for a lot of people. You know, I hear Joy saying she's scared to compete, and I'm like, girl, you have nothing to be afraid of. Well, it's just, it's oh. funny as you're as you're talking, because it's, it's one of those things in your mind where you're like, ah, oh, that could never be me. And I know that sounds really dumb, but it's, it's like, ah, oh, I don't think they could ever be me. I was, I don't know whether you saw, like, when I did win this year I, I couldn't believe it it was like a long time I think when I came home and the people my friends were at the airport and greeted me that's when it really hit that I'd really won you know because I don't know what I was expecting what happened like there'd be I don't know the world stopped rotating I'm not right. sure <laughs> but I was and like so oh, yeah I won I'm like wow Let's talk about the, I want to hear about like what it's like to compete in the in the CrossFit Games like what do you go through can you even feel your body on that last day like, what is that experience like? Well, you know, everything that you do leading up to the games, like I was saying, in May and June and early July, really is the gauntlet. I mean, that's how it is for me. It's extremely sure. painful. I mean, like, one of my basic workouts is to pull 105 pounds for a mile on a sled nope. as fast as I can. And nope. that, you know, so a lot of it for me is not only hard farm boy stuff, but it's mental toughness. I think this was the first year I didn't cry during any of the, the training before the games. But I've built that foundation, you know, and the mental tolerance for it. And, I mean, even thinking about it right now, it's like, oh, gosh, I don't know whether I want to do that again. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, but this year, I, I um, after 2015, when I had won the Open and I won the qualifier, I, I think I got a little arrogant and thought I was just going to go into the games and win. And, um even though I worked really hard, I wasn't prepared mentally, and they had changed the venue from the practice soccer field, which kind of always felt to me like a, I don't know, kind of like a glorified cheerleading competition or something. JV CrossFit Games. Yeah, exactly. And so when they moved us into the big house, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I didn't have any um, resources or techniques for calming myself down, and I went and I had seen the workouts. They posted the workouts like a week before we flew out. And I was like going crazy, like losing it. Like I was losing my mind before I even got to California. And um, very negative. My, my family was freaking out because they could tell that this is not our mom. What's wrong with her? My coach was like, I don't, I can't snap her out of it. I couldn't snap out of it. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. The house that we rented when I got out there had no air conditioning. I felt like such a loser because, you know, it was like so hot. Um, it was one of their hottest, most humid weeks they'd ever had out there. <laughs> and so it was rough. And um, this year when I went yeah. back, I, I hired a psychiatrist. Yeah, I hired a sports psychologist from the Athletic Mind Institute. He actually wrote the book sports psychology for dummies <laughs> and uh saw him a few times and got some tips and um went back to the same place that we stayed in the residence in that we stayed in um when i was there in 2014 and i placed third you know and we got two separate suites suites so we knew it would have air conditioning i knew i'd be alone i didn't have any family i after the end of the day they would drop me off and i'd go and eat i didn't i, I had a food service company this year and Honestly, I mean, you're doing two workouts, maybe three a day, and, and you're so used to yeah. being beat up and 
exhausted that it's like, yay, I'm just here to compete. This is awesome. <laughs> it's like Christmas. You're just feeling so good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. That's how I felt uh, this year. But now in 2015, I was very stressed. I allowed the pressure to get to me and the whole new, but I mean, just you know, 2016, being able to visualize being there. And that's one of the first things that my psychiatrist said to me. I was afraid to think about going to the games. It, like, made me scared. He goes, oh, he goes, we're going to have you at the games 100 times before you go there. You're going to visualize yourself, and you're going to be so ready for it. And he was exactly right. Where before, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't want to think about it, you know, because <laughs> I'm going to yeah, freak out. I remember reading a quote from Dave Castro once, even though he basically was like, Something along, something to the tune of, you know, you only get one chance to do a workout in the tennis stadium, but you have infinite chances to do it in your head beforehand. And like, yeah. don't waste those opportunities. So I think that's really interesting that you say, you know, your coach is like, we're going to have you at the games a hundred times before you even get there. So that when you get there, you're not like panicking. And just, you know, me choosing the times to do um, imagery and uh, visualization was really important to figure out because I was doing them. Before um, I went to see the uh, psychiatrist, I would do them like when I was falling asleep. And that was why I was having trouble sleeping because it, it revs me up. It gets me excited because right. I want to go do it. And <laughs> he said, what I want you to do when you get up in the morning, go ahead and ride your Airdyne and then put on the podcast and do your imagery. Because he did like a podcast for me. It was about 15 minutes long and he would just take me through everything and it was wonderful. And so when I went out to the games, obviously I'd been doing this for probably 45 days before heading to the games and I, I did it when I was there at the games and then I had um, a really motivational video that uh, Sean Ramirez had shared with me like the day the first day of the games it was great and so I would like play that and then I would put on Gwen Stefani's Ain't No Hollaback Girl and I would just stomp around the athlete village getting myself <laughs> ready to go out there and kick ass that oh this my gosh. Year you was are very speaking different. our language so you are speaking our language we are yeah. big guns funny but yes. 2015 it was hot that was a really hot year oh, i didn't have those things in my arsenal and like i said i was just very arrogant i was like oh man you know i won the open one qualifier i'm gonna go this is gonna be a piece of cake i'm like in the fifth place i'm like oh my gosh because like you know just running like they had us running so much where in the um in the old stadium we they, it was very different a very different setup and i can remember looking at one of the workouts i'm like oh my gosh they're making me run all the way from the snatch bar all the way over to the rig and my coach just rolled his eyes he's like it's like 50 feet calm down you know you <laughs> it can adds do up, it. okay it adds up <laughs> i know i was just like being such a whiny you know complainer and yeah 2016 i was just way better prepared mentally and um and physically i think i was fine in 2015 i just mentally got off my my game because i just i didn't have any mental game you know so i had to really work on that can you talk a little bit about the community among the, all the athletes when you're at the games it's it's like i heard one of your podcasts where you described it as like crossfit world for a week and it's amazing um the people the athletes are just really good people i there's no one that I would say to you, oh, no, don't talk to that person. They're just not nice. Everyone is nice and kind and sweet. And I was really afraid this year that some people would look at me and say, Shelly's so mean. <laughs> because with the people in my age group, I just couldn't hang out with them. I can't do that. When I'm at, I mean, I can when I'm not competing against them. But when I'm competing against them, it's really hard for me to be competitive against them when they're showing me pictures of their grandkids and they're talking about their kids and everything and so I kind of hung out with um Sean Ramirez and April Lowe and um Annie Sakamoto and Ron Ortiz and people that I have met throughout the years and we're all in kind of like different age groups so we can be nice to each other and and um but everyone is wonderful I just this year I just had a very different attitude mm -hmm. in there Everyone's wonderful except for Shelly. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shelly's the mean one. <laughs> I just, you know, and I did have someone um, comment to me. They're like, you know, you were just so focused and you were so, like, on your on your game and, and your, you know, they saw the difference in my mental preparation from last year to this year and actually called me and wanted to mention that to me that they, they could see it. And so, uh, you know, I took that as a positive and um, I just, you know, during the competition, I was willing to, like, lose a limb. I was willing to give it all out there. There was no, nothing being held back when I went out there. And, and if you were in my way, guess what? You are probably going to get ran over. 
that was my, <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't, no, no offense, but I'm just, yeah. I'm going, watch out, move. I, you know, that was kind of my, I had to have that attitude and lock down any emotions to be able to do what I did. What was your favorite workout from this past games? Oh, it was the um, Amanda type workout. I forget what they called it. <laughs> was it Adios Amigos? I can't remember, but it was the one that was like Amanda, but it was heavier snatches. I'm thinking more muscle ups on the rings but it was great it was yeah. awesome and then the bar muscle up one of course I really love that one the ones that I won <laughs> those are my favorite I have to think though too when you're talking about the mental game is that coming from the gymnastic background that has to have given you such an edge because the presence and the determination and the I don't know calm that you have to have when you're competing as a gymnast yeah that has to translate pretty well like I said as I aged I think the tough thing between like 12 to 18 is like that's when those anxiety things start happening um you have a lot of hormones and things occur so that was a big problem I had as a gymnast when I went to like state meets I was okay but once I went to regionals and sectionals and as I went up that ladder I would perform not at my best and so um you know, that it, it, it's always been kind of an issue, the anxiety and not having the proper mental coaching, um, I think was one of the reasons why I quit. Uh, there was no, and my coach didn't have that capacity. And th at the time, I don't even know there, if there were sports psychiatrists that could have helped me or, you know, if they were even out there. But I think had I had a sports psychiatrist, I probably would have went on to take the two full rides that were, or at least one of them that was offered to me. And but I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And it wasn't physically that I couldn't do it anymore, but I was scared. I just, you know, in my mind, the anxiety. It's funny because all three of my daughters have anxiety issues. So it was something that I, I just think was like never diagnosed in me and I just kind of dealt with it. So with having this sports psychiatrist has really just helped me to accept it and embrace it and be nice to myself, not to be negative, negative and um, critical. And I was very negative and critical of myself and, and mean to myself. You know, now I'm more supportive and I talk to myself like I would my child or, or you know what I mean? <laughs> and I accept well, it. I love that. And we, Joy and I have both talked about this a lot on the podcast about anxiety. And, you know, we have both had, have past and, and presence um, with, you know, clinical anxiety. And, uh, you know, Joy is a therapist in her daily life. And um, so apart from that, visual, uh, you know, from vis visualization, um, can you share a couple other techniques that you use when you... Or, yes. you know, in a competition situation or feeling anxious? Well, one that really helps me is I was standing in the office with the doctor, and he said, put your arm out, your right arm, out to your side, like straight out. And he said, I'm going to try to push your arm down, and don't let me put it, push it down. So I'm like, okay. So I did that, and he pushed it down. And I'm like, oh. And he goes, now I want you to pretend that you, your arm is a beam, a steel beam, and it's holding up a 20-story building, and don't let me push your arm down. And he could not push my arm down. And I was like, what? You know, I'm just like, jaw dropped. And and I remember that. When I go to do a heavy lift or when I go to do something, something that I just kept telling myself was, you are stronger than you know. And mindset dictates outcome. And it's true. You're, what everything, once you get your body to the point where it can do all this stuff, the war is between your ears. That, that's what really helps me is just remembering that you are stronger than you know. Just that, that what he, when he did that to me, really helped me tremendously. And then there was one uh, story where, I think it was in the book, where he said, you know, if, if a child falls when they're riding a bike, what are you going to say to them? You're going to be like, oh, sweetie, are you okay? Let me just check. Is anything broken or hurt? Or, you know, well, do you want to try to get back on there and see if you can ride it? You'd be really nice, right? It said, now, what if you wrecked on your bike? And I had just done that, like, six months earlier, and I fell and rolled down a hill, and my husband looked back, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, and because um, I didn't want to get hit by a car or what I thought I was going to get hit by a car, and <laughs> I was so, like, embarrassed. I got up as fast as I could. I'm like, you idiot. You know, so, you know, my husband's laughing, and I'm being really mean to myself. And that's exactly how I would react to my failing is to call myself names. And I'm like, what? I really did that. I was really that mean to myself. And so I, I don't do that anymore. I'm very positive and 
and kind to myself. And do you do that with your kiddos too? The kids that you work with, do you catch them saying mean things, but you coach them not to do it, but then we do it for ourselves all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I, and I just had it, I didn't realize it until I did that little, you know, and it's so simple. It's like, how come I never noticed that? Just so many things that he has shown me were so simple that I just, I could have done them myself, but it was like he gave me permission to accept the pressure, accept anxiety, just accept it. And, you know, it's just another thing you have to deal with. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, okay. And I did. Uh, so, you know, it's really been an, an amazing journey to be able to add that to my, um, it's basically my training. Um, it's in a very, very important part of my CrossFit training now is my mental training. And recovery, so, right? Oh, yeah. Recovery is big. And that's one thing I tell everybody. They're like, well, what would you, you know, if you could say three things that will help someone become a better CrossFitter. And it's like, you know, have a great coach, a great massage therapist, and a great chiropractor. Those three things right there um, <laughs> are huge, you know, because they got to You got to have someone that helps you, you know, put you back together. You Are there, know, is there anyone in your circle? Do you surround yourself? I'm, I'm guessing with everyone who being so supportive, but are there, is there anyone either like in your family or even just people out there in social media that you have to probably deal with the skepticism of CrossFit and, oh, aren't you going to get hurt? And that's so dangerous. Yeah, that was more, I'd say a couple years back. I heard that a lot, but now nobody, they don't say that to me anymore. Because you won. <laughs> I think so. I think that, you know, CrossFit has really proved to the world that it's here to stay and that it's good for everyone. It's just exercise. You know, that's what I tell everyone that, that's afraid to start CrossFit. I'm like, honestly, everything's modifiable and you can do it. And we're there to support you and help you move your best, feel your best and be your best. It's basically about becoming the best version of yourself. And you have this whole community of people that are in it to win it with you, whether it's to win the CrossFit games or to run a mile or do a pull up. You know, it's, it's so amazing to have that uh, community because when I was going to the Globo gym, people wouldn't even look you in the eye. Yeah, isn't that I weird? I had no friends there, you know, it was awkward. It was strange. It was so very weird. And so, you know, I, I never felt that way in a CrossFit gym ever. And I've been to lots of CrossFit gyms. My husband was in Florida for a while doing some consulting. So I would travel down to um, Lakewood Ranch uh, CrossFit, uh, Sarasota CrossFit, and every CrossFit gym I've ever been in. They've just been so nice. And I, I go to Alabama to visit my mom. And there's it's so funny, too, though, because, like, when I first started CrossFit, there was no CrossFit gyms anywhere, and I would be running around her neighborhood, jumping on rocks, and, you know, trying to come up with workouts, and going to the playground, and trying to do pull-ups, and now there's, like, CrossFit gyms all over the place, across the street from each other. It's amazing how it's grown. It's pretty cool. Did you get to share with the Rettons that you won? No, because, like, Mary Lou is, like, so shrouded like you, you can't like she has a person that talks for her oh really well I guess that <laughs> yeah. makes sense yeah maybe yeah, maybe so. maybe you can like reach out to her on social media and be like look <laughs> well I would love to because I you know I know that she's had some um you know physical issues because she was always like uber flexible mm -hmm. and it, I think it had something to do with her hips she's had to have both hips replaced oh. and yeah so she's had some um some issues and I don't think it had anything really to do with being a gymnast maybe it did but I think that eventually she probably would have had to had that done anyway just I think it was degenerative or something you know due to her popularity and her status she just is very well guarded and it's very hard to pop that bubble and say hi <laughs> yeah of course talk a little bit about balance and we'll wrap up here because we're running out of time but all of our listeners most of our listeners we do have male listeners but a lot of our listeners are women and they are always asking and wanting advice of kind of how to handle it all with family, with friends, being a good wife, being a good partner and incorporating fitness into your world on top of that. Well, I am very, very fortunate to have the husband that I have and he supports me oh, 110% in my CrossFit journey and he thinks it's really cool and he does CrossFit as well you know because obviously I've had to back out from you know making as much money as I did before but what's really amazing is his job has he's done amazingly well in that and so we've just been so blessed with you know the CrossFit helping my business and helping me to get a, a job personal training and um, being a, a fitness uh, trainer for cover my meds um, just opportunities have opened up for me via CrossFit and then my family my girls have come to accept it 
like I said, they're older and they've got their lives, but I can make exceptions if one of them were to decide to have a child, like my one that's married, I probably would cut back and, and want to be there for her and the baby. And so that's the wonderful thing about it is that any time I can, I can cut back and be there for them. They are my priority, but the fact is that I, you know, I'm very fortunate and I've uh, seen so many women that they don't have that supportive male in their life or partner who supports their CrossFit um, goals and, and aspirations. And I think it's really sad, you know, because it really limits them. Like their husband may not like the muscles. They may not like the time spent in the gym, you know, so I, I am just so fortunate. Uh, I, that's how I can balance it is because I have someone that supports me. 100% in it. And I think a lot of it really, so much of what we do really has to do with the people we surround ourselves with. And it's like, it, it takes a village. Let's also talk about the training program that you're setting up and let's hear about it. Yeah, um, my website is ShellyEddington.com or you can go to GetMasterFit.com. It will direct you to the programming page, which is basically, you're just going to send me an email Shelly at ShellyEddington.com about your goals. Then I'm going to contact you and we're going to talk about what you want to do, where you want to go, and how I can assist you in getting there. Because this is not a cookie-cutter type program. We will have different programming for all fitness levels, from the person who's never done anything to the person who wants to go to the CrossFit Games. Once I talk to you and we work together, um, we can help get you on the proper path to where you need to go to uh, achieve your goals. I feel like you're talking to me, Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking to because you. Because she is. Because <laughs> let's just go hey, out of form right now. <laughs> Joy, I'm yeah, just, you know, I'm excited about it because we've learned a lot, you know, over the past six years with me coming from where I was at to going to where I've gone. We want to share it. We we figured out something. We we don't know what really, but we want to share what everything we've learned. You know, it's it's kind of a combined series of events that, and like you said, the perfect storm. We want to share what I've learned, and if that can help someone and inspire someone to to get moving and put out some fitness goals out there. That's what it's all about. And really people just striving to become, because if you are the best version of yourself, just think what a better mother and a better wife and a better sister and brother and father and husband you're going to be. You know, if you take the time and invest in yourself, you're just going to be better for everyone else. And I think a lot of times people think, oh no, I, I can't do that. I, I got to keep giving over here and giving over here and giving. Well, you know what? If you keep giving and you don't give your, it's all legal you and you're not taking anything for yourself you become empty you're not the person who you're meant to be so I think you have to invest in yourself daily uh, mentally physically spiritually to to be the best version for everyone else so your life is really so much revolved around CrossFit fitness etc is there anything like totally opposite that you love to do it's like I'm just gonna turn this part of my life off and I'm gonna go like knit go to Starbucks <laughs> Yeah, I love going to Starbucks. Um, no, I love teaching kids gymnastics. I love working with all levels. I start with age two and um, go on up to 13, 14 years old. I two-year-olds two year doing gymnastics sounds like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It's cute. It's a lot like herding cats. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, I have to tell this. I have to tell this quick story. So I have a one-year-old couple like two months ago my mother-in-law was visiting and so he was 10 months like he couldn't even he could barely even crawl and they were like oh we're gonna take him to a baby gymnastics class and I was like what and she goes oh yeah they they start like you can go as young as as four months I'm like you can't even roll we'll over take your months. money as young as four yeah, months <laughs> that's it. and I'm like so basically you're just gonna go lay on like a hand foot and mouth disease mat and just like <laughs> I know I just don't feel like and if I ask me to do that they're like can you train my child I'm like she's five months old there's things you can do with your baby that I would do I'm not gonna charge you money to do that I just feel like if I tried to make him do a somersault right now, it would not no, go well at all. No, 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 no. That's, I mean, you know, kind of, you know, I would definitely make him go upside down and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't roll him yet, you know, sideways and things like that. But and how old is he? A year? Yeah, he'll be a year. Well, he's he's 11 months. I've, I've been rounding up. Oh, he'll be a year yeah. at the end of the month. If he's putting his head on the floor and he's got his hands down like he's like upside down, go ahead and tuck his head and roll him. Just hold his body up for him don't let him put any oh, pressure yeah. on his neck and get him used to that i thought he was younger get him used yeah. to going head over heels and that um and having to go forward and backward that he that sounds like he either would think that is the best thing ever or he would look at me like i thought you loved me why are you doing this? 
Uh, well, you know, and if he's already if he's already upside down, like on his head, and you just like roll him over, he'll be like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, that's so cool!" Yeah, you know, yeah, or he won't, and then you just it. don't do it again. If he does one of those, like where they reach out and they shake or something, yeah, then don't don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and he is like he's just the most active little human. He just like runs around, not runs. He like sprint crawls and just like oh. screams, yeah, from excitement at everything. Yeah, he's just a little yeah, you need to teach him because he's gonna start like running and jumping um, around yeah. too, and he's got to learn how to land and then if he's falling forward you want him to tuck and roll and so that's what we start teaching them is once they get to that point where they run and they can jump off two feet they need to know how to fall and how to land and that's, that's the first smart. thing that any gymnastics class that you take him to that they teach him how to fall and land and you know if you want to t- take him to an, an early class it's fine I think a lot of it's more for the parents and maybe yes. just social awareness and interaction with other children and that's a, that's a huge part of our two-year-old program is them being like, hey, you're like me, you know, and, and, you know, kind of breaking out of that one-to-one play that they have with their parent or whatever, and then accepting another authority figure in their life, like, hey, you know, they'll look at me like, you're not my mom. I'm like, no, I'm Miss Shelley, and I'm going to help you, and sometimes, you know, they don't want me to help them, typical toddler, you know, <laughs> but eventually they realize, hey, this is fun, and Miss Shelley's not going to hurt me, and so it's just a lot of social awareness um, goes on with the age two, and then when they're three, they're like pretty much on the same page, and they're they're down and they're doing great and then they're like you know doing little cartwheels so cute, <laughs> cute. and she can flip miles around miles. and we can go work out yeah, that'd be great i would love it <laughs> i would love to come to colorado too so maybe yes. we could do a seminar out there or something. oh be you awesome. really so. should you really should and you're at crossfit 614 correct yes yeah, and so we have I... a really a really big fan at our gym one of my coaches her name's elena and she just loves you guys hi, so. elena. hi elena that's so great <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny we still don't think people listen to our show but that's okay <laughs> oh yeah she loves it and i love it too i've learned so much yeah. i would like to go work with mike is it bergener how do you say his last name bergener yeah bergener. Bergener. bergener yes i love that podcast i'm like oh i just want to go and train one week with him or something in his garage i think it'd be so amazing oh, <laughs> oh my he, gosh he is hilarious yeah he's, oh, he's and he, just, loves, he loves working with women so if we all showed up at his gym sure. he'd be so excited <gasps> yeah oh that'd be so much fun <laughs> totally love to arrange that yeah Shelly it's been such a pleasure talking to you and um, again listeners can find you at ShellyEddington.com correct yep okay and And MasterFit.com I'm sorry and MasterFit.com it's uh, GetMasterFit.com GetMasterFit.com yeah yeah they can follow me on Instagram and Facebook (laughs) I have to say too my favorite thing is that black shirt with the gold writing that you get when you win the games yes it's awesome I just it's just so cool it's just (laughs) I'm gonna frame it with my I'm gonna frame it with my metal yeah and uh, so I gotta get get on all that yeah shadow box yes I'm excited (laughs) So, listeners, again, you can find Shelly at ShellyEddington.com or GetMasterFit.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us on all of social media, Snapchat, or GGW Podcasts. We're always posting silly things there. And you can support the podcast by leaving us a review and letting, letting us know what you think and sharing it with your friends, sharing it with all your friends at the gym. And that's it for this week. Shelly, stay on the line, and we will see you guys next week. Bye! Bye! Thank <laughs> you.